Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It is a hump day right here on the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Unfortunately, we have had some weather-related tech issues, but that's okay. We are going to stick and stay, and we are not going to go away. Thank you very much for joining us. It is a hump day in the city, hump day. Thank you for being with us on Conversations with Colette and Corliss. It's a great day, great day to be here. The weather is what it is, cold in some places, warm in some places. Some places have snow. Mammoth has snow. Oh my God, I want to ski. Mammoth has snow. How do we do that? That's unheard of. That's wonderful. Well, the ski clubs used to go out right after Thanksgiving. That's the first of the snow. Not anymore. Getting snow and we can't depend on it because of climate change, but Mammoth has a bunch of snow. Probably from that rain. That, the yeah, rain. the rain, exactly. Yeah, the rain. So Mammoth has snow. Tahoe had snow. So everybody's getting snow. LA might get some snow this oh, year. <laughs> tomorrow, I was just pulling up the, uh, it's supposed to be 85 degrees in Los Angeles tomorrow. What? Eight, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read it starting tomorrow. Thursday, 85, 88, 88. 84, 80. That's, that's now till Monday. Uh-uh. This is why, folks, you got to get not only that vaccination, but that doggone flu shot. Cause oh, my God. That's crazy. 85 degrees. Yeah. 85? Yeah, 80 tomorrow. Now, it's 57, 60 at night. So I have to put my little beanie on because I got a, you know my little bald head. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's just insane. 85. Oh, and people argue about climate change oh my god come on really really okay anyway well we're going to talk to tanya we'll talk about climate change later that's ridiculous that's just absolutely ridiculous i remember when students when when the parents would come for orientation at usc in the summer it's like a two-day orientation the students would spend the night in the dorms to get a night at the hotel with their parents but you know just getting that full feel and i would tell them i know where you're from bring bring all weather clothing because it can, <laughs> it can be 66 like it is right now yeah. and it's probably 85 and then you'd be wondering why are people in shorts yeah and then thanksgiving I, I predict 85 thanksgiving Woo! 85 I'm 80 i'll say 80 80 on thanksgiving that's my prediction oh we'll see it's Ooh, getting, not Lord. like it's ever happened it definitely has happened on christmas because yeah to, it has it has i remember I, that yeah. my friend my, one of my best friends is from champaign illinois she's like girl it's so cold i was like oh i got the sunroof open sorry mm. <laughs> oops i'm going she to said it was cold open yeah you're kidding oh god really that's crazy that is simply crazy well you know what god gives us what he wants us to have why complain about it whether everybody has weather everybody has weather so why complain about it i'm not gonna complain what's so funny is everybody talks about that and then they say but y'all got earthquakes i'm like now mind you we have had some earthquakes very recent some tremors some sixes some 3.4 some things but it's every now and then it's always gonna be a tornado or hurricane (laughs) a a through at least k always gonna be snow negative something every year of every year of every year yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's true. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, my, that's my goal and my grind right there, Dream. Right. Okay. I'm not sure what that is. But anyway. But yeah, so yes, we have earthquakes. But 
tornado, hurricane this, hurricane that, Taisha, for you know, Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't don't forget mudslides and fires. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. My bad. Yes, we, we have mudslides, fires. But remember, my fires. favorite. Yeah, my favorite thing is California going one day fall off into the drink, and everybody's going to say, "Well, what do we do now?" No, if it does, it's not going to happen in this lifetime. But no, it won't. It won't happen in this lifetime. It'll just point itself up. The whole state of California fall off into the drink, and then oh well, because the fires and the mudslides, and oh my god, the fires happen, and then when it rains, you know, the mudslides. And every blue moon, it never rains in Southern California. California. When it does, then then the mudslides bring everybody down. You know, can bring you on down to Pacific Coast. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, and I've seen that where it covered people and their homes. Oh yeah, I can't even talk about that. I cannot it's, even it's, talk. It's about something that. else. I mean, so it's sad. Has this thing when I get wrong tea? It yeah, was New York. I get wrong tea. <laughs> Hurricane Ali, Beta, Gamma, mm-hmm. Delta, Tyrone, Taisha, Fuji, and, and, and they'll be there. Fuji, and they'll yeah, yeah. So, it, they'll be there. That's right. Every year. And we had no Every idea year. we paid for it. They just had a, something on, on uh, KTLA uh, on the news talking about the rent was going up about $400 again or something. It was going to be going up. What? Yeah. They said within the, within the year, within the year or two. Oh so, my God. They, I mean, it's, it's, it's really ridiculous because the homeless population, I, I just never, I don't know if it's just, I see it more or something. I just never seen so much. Like, I'm just driving on the freeway. If you, if you kind of remember the 405 and you know how you get up at La Cienega and how it kind of goes to the right of the yeah, 405. I, yeah. North. And it's just like, there's like, there's little patches of grass and trees. Bro, somebody got a full-on camp. I'm sure. So they I'm must sure. drop down from Manchester. Yeah. Cars across. The, I mean, full-on tent. I mean, I, and I'm just like, how did you get down here, number one? And then I was like, oh, wow. It, it's yeah. it's really something that's crazy this money that we supposedly got from that's crazy and how come there's not they're not building shelters like or, or those those makeshift um those trailer type things it, and we go right and, and we'll do that show we'll do that oh, show in a couple of weeks that. that's horrible look at that look at that is that, look at that right there like that look right that. there like that is a full-on camp that's horrible that is just horrible I just, that I is just, just I don't get it I, I just that is, and people want to LA is this and LA is that we are not going to get into that we are going to get into talking to Tanya about sand and shores and all the wonderful things that she's doing because I will get pissed off about that that is disgusting it's it is it's it's bad but that is supposedly hard. I want to know where the money is because they, there's supposed to be money to help with this yeah and maybe Tanya can also enlighten us on that so. because so. she she also is a part of the Redondo Beach mm. Police Department Engagement Board. She is also the vice president of the Black Public Relations Society. She oh, does yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, she does a lot of work in Redondo Beach. She's done a lot of work all over the county. She also is the first elected director of the Oakley Chamber of Commerce. So she's done a lot of work all over LA County. She's been in Northern California, Central California. So she's re- she's been involved in raising millions of dollars for the Y up in Northern California. So look at that. That's so Tanya, Tanya, come on in. Tanya McKenzie from Sand and Shores Public Relations. We're glad to have you with us, Tanya. How are you? 
I am happy to be back. How are you guys doing? Because you have some cute pictures. You're not going to show us yourself? What's going on? Yeah, Tanya, where's your picture? Oh. Can, can you we want get on? Yeah. Yes. 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 I saw the little I think I said we're wearing glasses. Since last we hung out, I'm looking. I, I got my I got my bifocals on. Nobody can tell you us. Nobody can see us. We all wear bifocals. I got mine right here. See. Let's see. Let me see if I can get on here. But yeah, I heard you guys chatting about um, really quick the weather, and it's funny when I moved from Northern California to Southern. I, we we moved in December, like the it was like the fifth of December or something like that. And Christmas Eve was 85 degrees, 81, I'm sorry, it was 81 degrees at the beach. And I remember me and my husband were like, oh, this is is life? Really? Oh my God, this is life? What's what's really funny is like you only get to wear maybe that pair of boots that your mama bought you for Christmas, maybe twice because it rained. And so you're like, oh, it's raining, I'm going to wear these boots. And then that's it. And then that coat you got last Christmas, you might have it on twice, and then it's spring. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, I I came out here with some new Uggs, and I've been out here eight years now, and I may have worn them damn Uggs. I may have worn them five whole times, like what? Possibly five times. That's crazy. That is crazy. And you know what? I have a brand new pair of Uggs, the ones that are five hundred and eighty nine dollars. I've never worn them one time. Not one time. The animal print Uggs, I've never. It's, it's crazy. But I tell you one thing, when I moved to Humboldt, that's some cold right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got up and it was 32 degrees. And I was like, this was not in the job description. Y'all played me. I was yeah. like, 32 is like freezing. Last time I checked in the biology, chemistry, somebody's class. <laughs> and I was like, oh, y'all are crazy. This, and then it was it was uh, 50 um, in August, my first summer, um, August of 2016, we had the outside, you know, welcome the students in. And I'm sitting here like, oh, this is cool. I was like, give me some hot chocolate. It's a little chilly. I had to go to my car, get gloves, scarf, jacket, standing at the table talking about, welcome to Humble State. And it's cold. And this don't make no sense. <laughs> That's just crazy. You're looking all cute. Got your little high, in, 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 in Native American high cheekbones. Yeah. You got that from your yes. mama, right? That's from your mama, the high cheekbones, or is it dad's side? Um, gr- grandfather. Okay, I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, grandfather. Yeah, grandfather on my mama's side. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. The high, yeah, 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 yeah. You look well, we good. All, you guys look amazing. Thank you. So are you great. We all have Indian in us. Indian in your family. Indian. Got Indian in your family. Yeah, we got Indian amongst us. Yeah, we do. In fact, we got two of them. We got Chickasaw and Choctaw. I love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely, absolutely. So Tanya, 20 years in Sand and Shores, and you are a commissioner. You're on the Redondo Beach Commission. You're you're doing a whole lot. Tell us about what you're doing. You're part of the Black Public. You told me that years ago that you're part of the Black Public Relations Society, and you've had a very interesting history and journey. So start from the beginning. Tell us all about it. Um, I don't want it to get buried in, in the uh, minutia of everything else we'll talk about. So let me first tell you, because I am a L.A. County commissioner, I'm not sure if many people know, but our county is one of the first to actually have um, a commission, uh, a commission and a line, a number dedicated to hate crimes. 
So LA County Commission, and I'm telling you this because this week coming up is the LA versus hate campaign. So it's a week of LA versus hate and every community has their own uh, LA versus hate thing that they're supposed to be doing. So Ladera Heights, South Bay, Beach Cities, Beverly Hills, you could be um, different organizations like, um, what is our people? Uh, the League of Women Voters. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Democrats versus hate. But it's really to promote um, anti-hate throughout our county. And we actually have funding for this campaign. And when you call 211, let me let me make this clear. All hate crimes, all all acts of hate are not always crimes. Right. So something can happen to you that's hateful. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a crime, but we still need you to report that because we have resources in our county and money that pays for that. Yes, 211. And we need those numbers because we need to track them. And we also need to figure out how much of the how much of the hate that goes on do our police departments actually take care of. So, for instance, there's some stuff that went on in Pasadena. It was actually in the paper where um, Black Lives Matter, their uh, protests were going on. And some of those protesters had some things happen to them and they reported it and nothing happened with the police department, even though that's their job. Right. So we got that information and now we're able to look and say, this many reports came out of something hateful happening and your department didn't do anything. Uh, so Tanya, yes. when you, when they reported to the department and then nothing happens, what happens when nothing happens? Then organizations like our commission has to step in and say, Hey, we, we, we need some correction here. We start so putting how- things in place to correct those actions whether it is um, meetings with leadership or it elevates to our supervisors, right? And then, and then what happens? Well, you know, depending, uh, action needs to be taken. So they, once it gets above our head, so we do our job, which is the investigation piece, having the conversation with the community is, is what's being reported something that's actual or is, was that an isolated incident? Is this a trend? Is this how this works? Or was that a one-time thing? So you have to do a lot of uh, research and, um, you know, it's a lot of community engagement. And my commission is human relations. So that that's really all the big problems in Los Angeles County. That's racism, hatred, uh, the workforce, the elderly, um, youth, justice, policing, being able to have those tough conversations and find out where the problem actually is and then demanding change is our charge. Okay. So that's, and homelessness. So that's a, that's a big one. So right? do you think that your commission, in fact, my mother sat on the human relations commission, what, 30 years ago. And I was a commissioner just coming out of high school. I was on the Los Angeles County Youth Commission. Mm-hmm. As a commissioner. Yeah. And in fact, I was chosen out of all of the students in Pasadena. So I, I was under Warren Dorn. That was before your time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Supervisorial District 5 was Warren Dorn, and I sat under Warren Dorn. Wow. But I really don't believe that you can change adults. I think that when adults 
And I believe that when adults require change, it's a metamorphosis that they have to want themselves. They have to go to a mirror and say, I'm do I've done something wrong. So when the commission says, uh, why has the police department, why have they been sitting on this? Why haven't you done something about it? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, well, well. So we talk about change amongst organizations and we talk about what Black Lives Matter did to create change, but people go back to the way they are when the dust settles. Mm -hmm. People go back to the way they are. And if they're not forced, if you don't hit them where it hurts, and 99% of the time it's either physical or in the pocket, if you don't hit them where it hurts, why change? Been this way all their lives. It's worked up until now. I just won't do it in your face. Like the man from Southern California, Edison, told me, now we have to work with Black folks. We just don't have to work with you. So how do you get people to change? This is the thing. And, and we, tell, we tell women this about men or, or men about women. You ain't going to be able to change your spouse. So you need to change your, yeah, you change ain't going to be able to change that man yeah. he already raised. So either if you're going to stay with him, you need to change the reaction that you have towards the things that he does, right? One of the issues that I have with, I won't say Black activism, just activism in general, but particularly us, is we get outraged and then we get complacent. Yep. So the pressure has to stay on until the change becomes a way of life. And then you look at something where you say, well, let's say someone that's trying to lose weight, you know, you have to create a new habit right? You can't just do really well on your diet for a week or 10 days, and then everything's going to be amazing. No, you have to create a habit with 21 days plus doing the same thing consistently to change the way a community moves and change the way an organization functions. You have to demand some real, regular operational change. This is the deal. You can't change how people think or how they feel in their heart. I don't care if you like me, but you don't respect me. Mm -hmm. So if we're saying, look, I don't care if you don't like them, but you're going to respect the rules. You're going to respect the operational process. And if you're not going to respect the process, then we need to replace, apply more pressure to make sure that someone is leading that can ensure that the process is maintained. And while that's going on, organizations that apply the pressure need to be consistent. Right. That's why you have like oversight committees. You have to stay active. You can't just go to one meeting and be mad. And then you're like, I did my job and I'm, wait, no, but you can't just do that one time. You have accountability is a regular thing. It's regular. It's like a parent getting on their kid about doing something one time. Well, what are you going to do? He's going to test you again, right? He's going to test you until he realizes, you know what? I'm tired of getting in trouble. I'm gonna I think I'm going to stop doing that. Or until he gets knocked out. You know, that, old school, old school. I'm just saying. Pow. Even that has to be consistent. You you can't do it just one time. The dictatorship was very uh, very consistent here Effective. at the Bennett, cell block Bennett. Yeah. It was for me too. It was but it wasn't, for, it wasn't for my little brother because my mom was too distracted. So she might get him once every so often. No, you're right. 
And so that, how, did you, how did you become a, isn't it an elected piece? You had to run for it or? So to become a commissioner, you have to get nominated mm. and then all of the supervisors vote. Oh. But I'll, I'll tell you something really interesting. There's a sector of people here in this community that don't look like us that wrote letters to try to defeat my um, election to that seat. Of course. So interesting. And they all really? look like first cousins. You're kidding. <laughs> interesting. Wow. You're kidding. Really? So, it, you know, it's always interesting when people are resistant to change. Right. So it's not, it's, it's everywhere. It happens everywhere. Right. And what happens, they're resistant to change. I'm going to continue to be the change. Like I'm not backing down from this. Right. What the change I want to see is going to happen or else we're just going to keep doing this, but you're not going to run me off. And when you have supervisors and people in leadership that want to see change, they're going to put people in those seats that will help provide the change that they're looking for. Not people that will be in the seat that will just be um, complacent and allow for things to stay the same. So we're not in a moment of saying we're in a moment of change. So what supervisorial district are you in? Four. Oh, okay. Miss, Miss Han, Miss Janice Han. Oh, oh, you're there with Han. Oh, and, and, so what's, and the, what's the territories? What's that? Where's that border? What's the South border? Bay, um, South Bay, San Pedro, uh, I think maybe Carson, not Inglewood, um, all the way down Manhattan Beach, El Segundo, maybe even um, Westchester mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to, and I know that there's a backstory, but I do want to, I think maybe I should say commend her for continuing on with Bruce's Beach and making sure that that family yes. got their property back. But I know there's a backstory, Tanya. Bruce, you, I know your eyes. Yeah, I know. There's, of course, there's a backstory. You know, there's a backstory. But this is the thing. You know there is a backstory. Yes, she rolled her eyes, and and she's going to tell us the backstory. All I'm saying is she got up there. She got a photo op. She got a photo op. She knew what she was doing. She's getting something out of it. She no doubt at all. She's getting something out of it. You got to recognize that people in leadership positions, sometimes what they get out of it is, the accolades for the work that they do and the way that she operates which is this is the hard part about politics and I can understand why people make they get so discouraged when it's they're trying to fight for change right you have to find a way to and it's almost like in PR you have to pitch your story so even to an official that can help make something happen you have to pitch it in a way that gets her attention and lets her know, hey, you need to pay attention to this. So we've had some activists in the communities since Black Lives Matter that are ringing the bell about various different injustices that they see. Someone got her attention about this. You have to work hard to do that. You got to do that. You have to write the letters. You have to make the phone calls. You have to be consistent to get your message heard. But one she got it she's all in but she's like that yeah and and I'm glad that she is and you guys should remember when her brother told the world hey don't get it twisted I'm a dad don't look for me to be 
like I heard about that. that. Oh, was yeah. before my time, but I heard about that. Yeah. He went he went on record because Kenneth Hahn, in fact, when my mother became a commissioner, she became a commissioner um right after, of course, after me, but she became a commissioner and she worked with Kenneth Hahn. She worked with Nate Holden and Nate Holden, anyway, that's another story. So she worked with all those people. But Jim Hahn, he said, oh, no, I'm not my daddy. Don't look for me to be all over y'all. He said, oh, no, no, I'm not my daddy. Like I'm not I don't with li- yeah, I'm not with that. I don't like y'all like that. No, I'll, you can come here, but you can't come here. No, I don't <laughs> like y'all like that. That's just what he said. And that's what he meant. And if you remember, James Hahn gave three churches $25,000 because mm. he knew that those black men were going to back him. So he gave each church $25,000. And when he gave them the $25,000, they did the photo op. They shook hands. Hey, you know, we cool. Hey, it's, it's all that. We all, you, peace, brother, my brother. And as soon as the cameras went off, James Hahn turns and says, this is what I need you to do. You got but listen, this is the thing. I, I can, I can, I can um, appreciate that because I would prefer someone be honest with me. You didn't let me finish. To, you oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I've become you. Oh my God. Okay. After, after the, the pastor and the bishop and the other pastor said, I ain't doing that. He said, give me the 25,000 back. They gave him. Do you remember that Corliss? No, I do not. You don't remember? Wow. Pat, do you remember? Yeah. Belinda, do you remember? He sure did. It was in the paper. Yeah. Give me that 25,000. Oh, this was back in, whenever he was mayor. Whenever he was mayor. Yeah, whenever he was mayor. What was that back in the early 2000s? And he he didn't pull any punches. He pulled punches, but he wanted to make sure the punch that he pulled was all in his favor. He was not like his father. And Mm -hmm. he did not want anybody to make the mistake of thinking that he's like his father. And and I don't know. I, I have no idea. You rarely see a James Hahn and his sister. You never see Janice Hahn and her brother. I don't know if you have, you probably have Tanya. I've never seen them together. No, nope. and they fly on at different levels. That's that's interesting. Um, no, actually I have not. And but that's how I got acquainted with her, is I think I told you we put on the very first um MLK celebration here in Redondo Beach two years ago. Right, you did. So because of the um, my position on the police engagement board, we were able to put together this MLK celebration. I called on her. She supported. The media was great. She um, has continuously been a support. Actually, even before that, when I was the president of the business association in Redondo, I would you know let her know this is what we're doing. I need your help. Can you send someone from your office if you can't show up? And she has never, there's never been a time where I asked for assistance or support and she didn't. So, and she hasn't asked anything of me. Let me be that I wasn't able or wanted to deliver. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, listen, maybe you've talked about it on the show before. Maybe you haven't, but you know, there, there are politicians that look like us that have gotten arrested and things and well, done some things. And then I'm thinking these, or they have us thinking that they support us. And I'm asking questions, finding out 
black folk don't even like them. And I was like, oh God, my head has been buried in the sand. So I can appreciate having someone on my side and supporting the good stuff without without asking for something uh, devious because it gets sticky around here. It gets very, very not sticky. What's the next one? What's the, what's beyond sticky? It gets there. It gets there. But how do you with the SHI? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it gets me. really deep in the in the uh, the minutia that begins with the SHIT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the minutia it's spelled like that. But Tanya, how do you there's so much. There's just so much. But you just mentioned uh people who do things and Someone that we all know, I won't go to the next part. I was going to say someone that we all know and love. No, we don't. Someone that we all know (laughs) um, has recently been in the news quite a bit for doing a whole lot of stuff. Mm. So I'm not going to say the name M-R-T. I ain't going to say the name. However, it should not (laughs) It should not have been a surprise that certain things came out about USC and um, the Department of Social Work and um, one of the twins and um, all of the things that caused issues. And isn't it interesting that Someone else that we know and love, uh, uh, H.W. is gone, okay? And he had issues. He had issues, just like that, H.W. And I've known both of them for probably 30 years, if not longer. Mm. And (laughs) And how is it? And I, the answer is, I already know, but I want to hear you say it. How is it that we get into high places and then there's a giant skyrocket down under the mud? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I say, you didn't know you ain't white? You didn't know that? You can't do what they do and try to get away with it. It ain't never going to work like that. You ain't white. So Tanya, I just want to hear what you have to say about that. I ask that question all the time because I have a very high, uh, I place high value on leadership. And my definition of leadership might not be everyone else's, but it's L, it's leader with two L's. So it's lead with two L's. That's leveraging your experience, looking the part, elevating your voice without cussing, like knowing how to talk to people and communicate, acknowledging the problem and delivering results. And when you can't do those things, you're not really the leader that we need. Many times people get in these positions, civic, civil leader, you are in a civic leadership position. And then it becomes a me leadership position. I'm just leading me and leading for what I want. I ask people all the time, like, how do you go from serving a community civil service to just serving yourself and serving your pockets? 
And I really think that is the true testament of leadership is can you stick with what got you there and, and those motives change, then that lets you know you need to change. You need to change positions. You need to change what you are doing, meaning you may not need the seat no more because it's going to get you in trouble. But it's that's- going to get you in trouble, but it's a self, it's a, it's a selfishness. It's, and this is the other thing about people that do this. Most of the time they think the police, the FBI don't know. Most yeah. of the time they know and they just watching and waiting yeah, and sometimes just... sprinkling crumbs. Yeah. And they're and going, is it time up? yet? Yeah. Is and it time collecting yet? more information? Right. Right. And you think you over here getting away with something while they're just continuing right. to pile up the evidence. So when they're ready to pounce or when they need something from you, they have everything that they need. I don't understand if they look at crim- criminal criminology. The statistics on how many people actually get away with this kind of stuff is very low, but everybody, look, Vegas does well because people like to gamble. So you want to gamble with your life. You want to gamble with your freedom. You want to gamble with your family's future and your legacy. I mean, there are people that do it, but good luck. And then it's, it's so, God, it's so damaging because there are so many young black people that are looking up to current leadership for how how do I elevate? How do I become a this and a that? And they in public places and schools and whatnot talking and giving advice and you know showing the path and then you get busted. You but you got these kids already or young people already thinking oh, I'm gonna follow in his footsteps. Listen, most of the people that liked him that just got in trouble, they're young. I mean, young. So he has been selling a bag of goods to young people. Not not people his age, people young, younger than me. And and all I could think about was, man, I wonder how they are feeling. Let down. Some half of them are feeling let down. The other half are like, maybe I can do that. And I don't think it's either one. I think if if the stu if students come with an or a specific orientation on how to do things, how to level up how to be ambitious and how to uh, uh, be thoughtful. If they, if they come with an orientation, then they think about it. Uh, I've said a lot of times on both programs, I had a girl come into my office at Crenshaw. Corliss has heard this a dozen times. Uh, I told her about voting. I wanted to make sure every student eligible at Crenshaw High School had the opportunity, took the opportunity and made sure their right to vote was exercised. And I said to this student, I asked her how old she was. And she told me, I said, you, you're going to vote, right? I ain't voting, Ms. Williams. I said, what? Ms. Williams, I ain't voting. Not nobody in my family vote. Ain't nobody going to vote. Them people don't know me. Don't tell me about so-called ancestors because them folks didn't know me. They don't know. I said, get out of here. Get, go, go, go. Get out. Yes, she did. But guess what? She's not alone. Yeah, she's not. She's not alone. Okay, she's not alone. So in as I said in the beginning, we talk about how people change where they have to go through training. They have to do this. I went through SEL training, social emotional learning. I went through that training. I told them that was a waste. 
because I taught you guys this 20 years ago. When I met Corliss at Youth Opportunities Unlimited, that's what I was teaching. And I told LAUSD 20 years ago, you're going to need this and you're calling it something that it isn't. Mm. But if you teach them this, you'll have fewer problems today, tomorrow, and futuristically. They didn't believe it. They did not believe it. So what do we all have to do now? And when I was mandated to take the social emotional training, I told them, look, I don't need this, but since you're making me do it. But how do you change people? Because people don't look in the mirror and find out that there's anything wrong. Because nobody wants to look back. So when we talk about the politicians, and I believe like some people do, it takes a certain person to be a politician. Everybody ain't cut out. But everybody that we know, they all move into what they become. You know, one of the things that you said earlier, which I wanted to give you kudos on, I never knew I followed in your footsteps like this, but being on the Youth Commission, that was actually my first um, political position. So Mm. I was on the Contra Costa County Youth Council. Uh, God, I was like in my late 20s. And I didn't recognize even then how... um, how important that was, right? Yeah. How yeah. significant that that and my opportunity to be a part of sculpting young lives and their young experience, how important that would be. So when we talk about changing people or, or changing things, the truth of the matter is I think I truly believe that the younger we start affecting people's lives, the better off we're going to be. We might not see the immediate change, But I'll put it to you like this. Um, The work that I did in the Bay Area mostly was with young people or for young people. And I used to coach cheerleading and from junior high school all the way up. And some of those junior high school girls were a hot mess. Okay. I mean, (laughs) you'd be like, oh my God. But for real. And then I want to talk to them and figure out what's going on with them. So even from junior high school all the way up to high school, some of them, I had them when I first got them. I, I believe in a certain level of discipline, no matter what sport you come from, because I come from a, a family of athletes. So not just cheerleaders, but there's a level of discipline. And actually, when I was a cheerleader in high school, we were disciplined. We had double days like the football players. Like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. You can be disciplined, all this stuff. So I started implementing some of that stuff into these young girls' lives. All, all of their parents were not happy with me. I was like the mean uh, black lady. Yeah, right? yeah. Mean black lady. Matter of fact, one of the ladies, one of the moms, her, her daughter was like terrorizing some other girl one day and I suspended her. Like, you're, you're all, you know, you're gone. Her mom, girl, I was leaving work. Her mama parked her truck, her car behind my car so I couldn't leave. Watch you in. And they don't look like me, what? okay? So I'm in what? a city where there's like 2% of me and the, the lady that don't look like me, mad, mad about her daughter, pulls her truck, her car behind my car. So I'm like, you going to talk to me. You going to talk. See, I think she thought because I was black, I was scared to call the police. I was like, actually, I'm not. Hold on one second. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, please don't talk to Oh, As I'm walking away while she's trying to tell me, oh, you're going to block this. Oh, you're going to force me to deal with you. Now I see where your daughter gets it from. Right, right, right. right, so right. Let's t- you know, we're looking at now. It's not really the kids. It's the parents learning how to have some of these conversations with the kids to find out what's going on at home. It got so bad, even in high school, 
me and some of the other coaches, I was probably the worst one when it came to showing respect to older people because people just don't teach that anymore. And I would tell them like, hey, I don't know what goes on in your household, but you're not going to be disrespecting your mom at my practice. Like, I don't know what you guys do at home. I'm not trying to control your household, but what we do here is not that. And I say all that to say some of these girls now, they moms didn't like me back then. We are like best buds now. Daughters are nurses and doctors so now you know we're all good but there has a all that in saying you have to continue to do what you know is right do the work be intentional about the change that you're trying to make right don't be deterred no matter how hard that is because people will try to get you to think their way and when you are you have a heavy conviction about something you got to stick with that no matter how tough that gets. And it was tough because they were like, they didn't want the chain. I'm thinking I'm trying to help you. Like your household is a mess. I'm trying to help you out. Something about structure scares people or something. I, I well, it's it. more than that. It's like, you know, parents want to be their That's kids' right. friends. And yeah, step one of friends. Democracy, not dictatorship. Because, because parenting is hard. Right. And I wrote in my book, um, one of the, you know, most important things I wrote in my book is that, cause I had a tumultuous household. I'm a gun violence survivor, watched a lot of domestic violence and substance abuse. But one of the things I wrote is my mom loved me, but I don't think she always loved being a mom because there's a level of duties that come with that, like any job, but I have friends and I, and I don't say that in a bad way. I have friends that became doctors. But probably if they had the choice, they would have deterred their career like midway in. They realized this ain't what I want to do. But they're great doctors, but they don't really like it. Yes, there are lots of them like hey, tons of them. It's the same thing with parenting. Tons of them, yeah. Oh, yeah, tons of parents who fit, who said, damn, is this what it is? Oh, no. Can I get a return? Quick, quick interruption when you talk about the parents. There is a, um, this just happened, I think, yesterday. Maybe Kenny might want to look it up. Some girl, girls basketball, I'm not sure it was high school, whatever it is, something happened and this girl's mother must have screamed and told her, you better knock her out or you better do something. And do you know that girl socked her and that girl laid out on the, on the, on the, oh, and she, and she's got a concussion, got a concussion. She clotheslined her. He just yeah. clotheslined her. It was just like, whoop, neck. in the air, hitting the floor. And I was like, yeah. and then, so the news, as they start learning about it, it's like the parents was yeah. involved. Yeah. In, in, I just know, read that. I just like, read that. Really? As we read it. You I need just, to watch it. I, it's well, so scary. It's just like, did she just clock her like? Listen, yeah. And they, the it. news said they, the girl, the woman sucker punched her, and the girl never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. She and she had a, she got a concussion. She's got a concussion now. Girl sucker punched during basketball. Game. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's crazy, but that's the parent. You know, and so what you supposed to do? You got to do what your mama say. My mama said, knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool right. But yeah. Right. Wait a minute. Look. Wait, we got to see this. It's, Watch it's, this. It's crazy. Oh, these are some white girls playing. I didn't really see the race. I was so crazy about how the girl was knocked out. Oh, she knocked out the Asian girl? Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Where is it? But this is, this is, this is what, <laughs> this is what it's come to. That parents just, you know, that's why you have these, you know, we call them helicopter parents in higher ed, you know, yeah. and then you have the, the parent who is 
who is um, 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 all causing havoc at the game in the stands because their child's not getting played or you did something. But you know what that's about? You know what that's about? Watch this. Here we go. Here we go. Booyah. Knocked the hell out. But let me tell you, let me tell you what that's about. Like, that's crazy. That's a parent. I thought that was somebody in the game. That is somebody in the game, but the mama told her to do it or something. That's the whole thing. The mama ensued it. Am I saying the right word? My SAT words are off right now. But whatever, she knocked her the hell out. You see, it's just like that stuck in the air and fell. Like, that is, that is crazy. That is crazy. Here's the deal. There are parents. That's her mother. There are parents that live vicariously through their children because yeah. they, of they right. weren't able to accomplish. That's one. Right. Two, right. instead of helping your child become a better person, a better athlete, a better right. athlete, person, human, human kindness, things like right. that. Respectable, yeah. all that. Be more competitive, not destructive. Right. They're teaching what they think makes someone a winner, which right. Which lets you know that the parent probably has some unhealed childhood trauma that they haven't dealt with. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you said, they're living vicariously through their kids and they didn't make it to the pro or they didn't make it on the team. So I'm going to make sure John Earl is going to do this or Susie Earl, Lean, going to do this. And it's It's just like, It's a whole thing. When you see parents like off the chain in the stands cussing out the coaches, like this is the Super Bowl or something. Okay, I'm I'm one of those parents, but I don't I don't be cussing nobody out, but I be yelling. <laughs> you but I mean yelling. yelling and like, oh, what's going on, coach? Different than coming down there, and folks gotta gotta hold you back because you about to see. Yeah, about to that's, too like, yeah. that's too much. That's too much. And then it, it and always then, comes down to what are you teaching your child? Like what what who are you teaching them to be? How is that aspirational? So back to what what I was saying earlier is that I I commend you for getting involved in opportunities to shape young people. And I think youth council was probably my first, the YMCA and youth council were around the same time, but I've seen the result of that. And some of those girls were, how do I put it like this? Um, They didn't like the, they loved the former president, right? But I've had to step back and have private conversations with them about some of the things that the former president Look at that. did and how it made me feel, right? So having an impact on young people can make a difference in how our world yeah. works later. Yeah. We just won't get those immediate results. Right. Yeah. And, and people think that they have a right. They don't see anything other than themselves and their so-called Right. And uh, the clearest demonstration of that is where we are now when it comes to the mask mandate and the vaccine, because people think about me, I, me, my constitutional right. I have a right. I have I. Just like I read in the Bible the other day, that scripture that said we have lost humility. We have lost humility in our homes We've lost human kindness. We have lost humbling ourselves to God. We've lost everything. That is where we are. And that is leading. We're still on the path to major destruction. And just because we, we, God gave us free will, we can say everything about I, 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 I. Wrong, 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 wrong. Because nowhere in the Bible do you see I. 
It don't exist. Well, it does this not is the exist. thing too. People forget that communal, especially with, with since you brought up COVID, it's community health. It's not personal health. Right. They think it's personal health. No, they, they don't. They don't care oh, yeah. though. No. They don't care. They think it's personal. This is personal. not, this has not just affected you and your family. Like, Thank you. Ain't exactly. nobody that, no one's that dumb. Yeah, they are. Oh. Oh, yes, they are. And I've seen them, heard them, know them. Yes. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is a college educated NFL player and he just did the dumbest thing ever. And one thing I can say is uh, the woke mob. First of all, woke has to do with black people and black people don't really care about what you're doing but the nfl does so you need to deal with them and you lied let's call it let's call let's call a spade a spade you're not dumb you just got caught lying no he's dumb he's dumb you got caught lying that's it just well you know what right but a dummy gets caught lying if he had any smarts he wouldn't get caught lying he's 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 dumb I know some smart people that got caught lying. They just, at some point, they get, tired of, they get tired of trying to cover it up. Exactly. They just say, because okay, I lied, dummies, I'm sorry. Dummies do that stuff. Dummies do that stuff when the truth will be sufficient. It the will. truth will suffice. You're right. Dummies oh, okay. lie, okay? okay? Let's on. No, let's drag it out and, and just keep saying more to, to pile it on. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, are you kidding me? They're not, they're not dumb. They... Some people like drama too. There are people in this world that just th- they live for drama. Yes. And you know, it's like, oh, well, life is going great. I have to do something that just blows that up. There are people like that in families. Let's say you're trying to, you know, have boundaries and let's all live happily ever after. If it get too quiet, somebody is going to act up. That is just <laughs> thing yeah Yeah. I like drama there are people that like drama I I ain't one of them so I'm good with being by myself sometimes people are crazy yeah and it and people never because we've gotten to a point where it's not necessary until it's brought to the attention of individuals it's not necessary to stop to think about other people no, it's not it necessary. No, it isn't necessary. It's me, no, me. Yeah, it's no longer, it's no longer communal. It's no longer us. Us. It's me, me, me. And when that finger gets the point, me, 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 you pay for that. Yep. You Absolutely. do pay for that. So Absolutely. we don't. We we've gotten to a point where things are really. Um, I don't know what to call them nowadays. I really don't know what to call them. And let me ask you another question. Corliss was probably going to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you. Tell me about your role in the BPRS, Black Public Relations Society. So Black Public Relations Society is the professional organization that supports PR people, comms, marketing, creatives that look like us, right? Uh, it's important for us to help elevate our stories. It's important for us to help elevate the careers and leadership opportunities for people that look like us, mm-hmm. because we know that particularly in media, um, whether it's especially in Hollywood, uh, in LA, that we get the smallest portion of the opportunities, right? We get the smallest 
um, microphones. We get the smallest audiences. So when we are in these spaces, Beeper supports those that are trying to advance, grow their careers, level up, and tell stories that affect us. I don't, what's the name of it again? Black what? I was trying to... Public Relations Society LA. So there are, I think about eight or nine different chapters. Some, some universities have um, a Beeper's yeah. chapter on campus. Yeah. So we'll have a student, you know, affiliates. But that part is, of course, cultivating young leaders in this industry. But public relations and communications, it's kind of an isolating uh, career because we do a lot of writing. We do a lot of heads down, right? And sometimes when you look up, your friends probably aren't in that industry and you don't have anybody to lean on. We help with mentorship. We help with opportunities for for Beepers LA, many of our board members are with the big firms like BET, Viacom, Netflix. So we have opportunities for young people. We have opportunities to help bring in mentors for young people. I'm the vice president in charge of membership. So my job is just to bring in as many members as possible. That means a lot of outreach and conversations with those that really should be a part of this world. We partner a lot with um, NABJLA, so um, National Association of Black Journalists. That's what I was going to ask you. That's exactly yeah. what I was. So we partner you. with them. I think we're even having a we have a we're having a Christmas event with them, a holiday event, and then we'll also do a conference with them. And that's actually how I got interested in beepers in the first place. A few years back, I went to uh, the conference with the two organizations, and I was just blown away at the opportunity opportunity to be a part of an organization that supports people like us that really make the world go around people that are making the news writing the news reporting the news pitching the stories finding the talent supporting the talent black talent out there um, in the world so it's really important for the creatives out here in southern california and most of the big cities have a beepers uh, chapter but i don't think anybody is as active as us oh okay Okay. And I wanted to ask you that. I know several people in the Black journalists. My daughter was in the Black engineers. But nowadays, I I don't know. People get together when it's time to have a big party. But I want to see the work. I really want to see the work all over. I really do. Tanya, I am so glad that you were with us. We've been trying to do this for two, three years, haven't we? And you finally, yeah, and you finally got here. So I'm really glad that you have been with us this afternoon and it's not long enough because we could continue to talk you've got a very very interesting history and journey and i want to talk more about it so when i call you you better pick up you know i will I'll pick up. <laughs> listen i'm trying to get more control over my life okay kids are getting okay. older you know so do- that organization is built for somebody who just graduated with a comm major maybe yeah or yeah. or getting ready to graduate because yeah listen once you graduate it you know, people expecting big things from you, but you ain't had the experience. Where are you going to get the experience from? Well, I definitely want to talk to you about it because my, my niece graduated uh, COVID class of 2020, uh, USC Annenberg Communication, <laughs> COVID class 2020, yeah. And so, you know, you have a job and then everything went away. Yes. And so yes. I've been trying to try to figure out how to get her back in that, in that loop. So, hey, all you have to do anytime, any of you need anything, just send me an email, right? And then we can get the ball rolling. 
whether it's returning with uh, some resources or connecting you to someone else. I, I think that's how things are supposed to be with us. It shouldn't be difficult to get the assistance you need to help someone level up. So I try to be a part of that solution rather than the problems that be coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tanya, it's been great. I'm glad to see you and I'm glad you were here with us and you you can come back anytime and you already know that you're part of the ITRN family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You. you too, girls. Okay, looking good. What's up? Thank you. I want to definitely hook up with you about my niece because that, that's something, you know, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So Tanya, it's been great. And remember, folks, you can get this and all of the other broadcasts on itrnradio.com. You can also find us on, what is it, about 12 or 13 podcast platforms. We're all over the world. We're heard in more than 57 different countries. And you want to be on this ride, just like Kenny Hendrick said. Be a part of the movement right here Intentional Talk Radio Network, where we do it all with intention. It's time for us to go. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. We'll talk to you later. Be safe, everybody. Anybody need a ride home? (laughs) 